morning, everybody. Lovely to be in the room with you and to those who are choosing to join in online. Welcome to the online family. Come and be with us one day. So today we, um, so my name is Diane, if you don't know me, and it's my privilege to bring you the next in our series on Psalm 23. And today we're going to be looking at verse 3b. Uh, Jeff started us off with verse 1 and um, Jennifer brought us an awesome um, explanation of um, shepherd and shepherding and sheep and the role of a shepherd last week in, um, in verse 2. And today we're looking at verse 3b. So let's start by reading Psalm 23. I'm going to be reading verses 1 to 3 so you can see where verse 3 sits with the previous two. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters, by quiet waters, and he refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. Will you pray with me? Lord God, thank you for this beautiful new day. Thank you for the weather today. That means we're kind of embracing the beginning of spring. Thank you for kids that come along. Thank you for the future leaders that will step up. Lord, we want to hear from you. We want to be challenged by you. We want to grow closer to you. And I want to just reiterate the words that we just sang, and that is... um, we are not enough unless you come and be with us. We, we meet together here again to be in your presence. And all that we want is all that you are. And Lord, we'd ask that you would open our hearts and our eyes to hear you, to see you, and to follow you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So about 10 years ago, I decided to go and retrain in a slightly different field. And I went to TAFE and I started doing some work to study to be a um, support worker. Part of the course was that we had to do work experience hours. So you're actually allocated an organisation to go and spend time in. So I went along. My first day, the supervising manager said to me, right, so you're going to do some shadow shifts. I'm going to team you up with Pauline. She's been working in the industry for about 20 years and she's been in this team for 10. She's a person who has a lot of experience. She knows a lot. Your job is to watch, to listen and to learn. And half of this time I was actually thinking to myself, what is a shadow shift? I didn't know what a shadow shift was. But a shadow shift is where an experienced worker is teamed up with a trainee The experienced worker's job is to basically just do their job. The trainee's job is to (laughs) be quiet, observe, listen, absorb, take in as much as they possibly can. And when I read verse 3 from Psalm 23, there's a little bit of the shadow shift happening there. Let me tell you how that works out. I want us to look at Psalm 23, verse 3, from a few different versions, a few different translations and interpretations. So why not make the most of scholars who have gone before us and have done the hard work and have done the translating? So we're going to read four different versions of verse 3. The first one is from the New Living um, Translation. 
And what I'm looking for you to see is that the small nuances, the small differences in the way that these interpretations have been given to us. He leads us along right paths, bringing honour to his name. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, as from the um, Amplified. I love the message, always love the message. True to your word, you let me catch my breath. How gorgeous is that? And you send me in the right direction. And lastly, from the Passion Translation, he opens before me the right path and he leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honour to his name. Now, when we look at this first, there is a lot that is actually quite um, straightforward. And there's a couple of things that I found really interesting that I want to unpack. So first of all, he. Who's the he? Of course we know the he is the Lord my God, the creator of the universe, the shepherd. The Lord guides me. What is the word guide? How is that translated? It's very simply translated in the Hebrew as directs or leads. So the Lord leads me, the Lord guides me. That's pretty straightforward. The Lord guides me. It's a very personal declaration. Remember that this is David, King David, who was a shepherd boy himself, talking about his personal relationship with Jesus. That's a very personal declaration. The Lord God leads and directs. He guides me. And then we read the word paths. The Lord God leads and directs and guides me along paths. So it's plural. And when you look at the Hebrew behind this, it's, the intent is that it's about, it's a multiple, it's, a mul, it's the multiple, um, you know, it's paths. It's not just one path. It's talking about many choices, the many ways in my life, the many paths that I take in my life. Throughout my life, I've taken many paths. I've made many decisions about the many paths, the many doors that I will walk through and the doors that I won't walk through. And so this is a sense of the plural. It's about the way that we live. It's about our whole life. It's not talking about an individual path that I'm making a decision about. So we read, the Lord my God guides, directs, leads me along the many paths of my life. It's a great, it's a lovely promise, isn't it? It's a great promise. And I, I, I have prayed it a lot in, in great thanksgiving, in the knowledge that the Lord my God leads me and guides me in the many parts of my life. Where does he guide? That's actually a really important question. And this verse says that he guides me along the right path or paths of righteousness Now, when you first look at this verse, I must confess, I think I've always translated this verse as being the word right as opposed to the word wrong. So there were right paths and there were wrong paths. When I'm faced with the decision about maybe, oh, Lord God, what should I be doing next? Should I be studying or working? And so one of them is right and one of them is wrong. That is not actually what the Hebrew word in this verse means. It's not talking about right as in right or wrong. It's talking about right as in righteous, which we saw in one of the translations. We saw that a number of them, they talked about, Lord, you lead me along paths of righteousness. The sense is very much paths of righteousness, 
not whether a path is right or wrong. There are parts of the scripture that are very clear that God is interested in the small things and in the small decisions that we make in our life. But in this verse, it's talking about something quite different to that. So if we put that together, we have a verse that says, the Lord guides, leads, directs me in a life that is righteous or having virtue or is upright. It's about the, the, the characteristic of virtue in my life. It's how I live the paths of my life as opposed to whether a path is right or wrong. Now, we could stop right there. And say, well, that's, that's, that's a great promise. And there are times when we do take parts of verses and we ignore second parts of verses. But I really want to encourage us to read right to the end and to take this verse in its totality. What's that word? In its totalness. That one. What's that word? Totality. Thank you. I want us to look at the, that whole part of this verse. The Lord my God leads and cares for me, like a shepherd leads and cares for me. He knows when to bring me past nourishing green pastures. He knows when to draw me to still waters that will be refreshing. He guides and directs me in the many paths of my life so that I will live a life that is righteous, holy and upright. Why? For his name's sake. And I read this verse, this part of the verse, for his name's sake. And I thought, I don't actually know what that means. I think I've said it a lot throughout my life, for his name's sake. So that, this part of my exploration was fascinating. For his name's sake, for the sake of his name. What does that mean? It actually, it's actually talking about for the reputation of God. So the way that I follow the leading of the Lord, the way that I live my life in an upright, righteous, holy, virtuous way reflects upon him. It's about his reputation. It's about bringing glory to his name. And I, I see in this verse a challenge. It's not just a promise. The promise is the Lord God guides leads and if you go home and you haven't memorized this verse <laughs> I've said it so many times but the Lord the Lord it's, a, it's such a fantastic promise that the Lord guides me and he leads me and he wants me to live a life that is holy and righteous and it is through that that glory will be brought to his name there is in that sentence a challenge and the challenge is if we live in a way that is holy and righteous and upright will we we will bring glory to the Lord my God. So if we want to bring glory to the Lord my God, the challenge is for us to live in a, in a way that is holy and righteous and upright. For his name's sake, bringing all glory and honour to his name. So this verse is really talking about very practical living, following Jesus, becoming more like Jesus. My decisions, my life choices, how I, who I'm becoming, how I behave, how I treat people. Living a righteous life is about all of those things. It's actually about transformation, which we talked about a number of weeks ago. The more I'm becoming like Christ, the more I bring glory and honour to his name. For his name's sake, I will become more like Christ. We read in John that um, Philip comes to the Lord and he says, Lord, 
Show us the Father, and then we'll be satisfied. And Jesus replied to him, Have I been with you this whole time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And you can almost hear Jesus' exasperation at Philip. It's like, Philip, I'm right here. I'm right here. I am a reflection of the Father God. If you want to know the Father God, look at me. And I would say to you that if the world wants to see God, they're going to look at us. That's challenging. In John 10, we read that um, Jesus says, The Father and I are one. We're the same thing. Jesus and his Father were a replica of each other. And I want to be a replica of Jesus. It's as the world observes us and sees Jesus in us that God's name will be glorified. For his name's sake, he will be glorified by the way that we live. In Matthew 11, we read that um, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So he's inviting the disciples and he's inviting us to learn who he is, the choices he makes, listen to his teaching, and that's for us. We need to actually sink our teeth into the scriptures and into the life of Jesus. Best thing you can do is go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke or John and learn about Jesus' teaching and learn about the ways that you can replicate him. I had a friend who um, used to talk about, very lovingly, about um, the Dianess of God or the Michaeliness of God or the Trevorness of God. And what he was saying was that no one can replicate Jesus. No one can be transformed into the likeness of Jesus quite like me. There is no one who can do the dyingness of God other than me. There is no one who can do the Sallyness of God like Sally. We each have an individual part to play in the body of Christ in reflecting who Jesus is to the world. In John, we read, My sheep... Listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. So it's as we become closer to God, we hear Jesus speaking to us. We recognise that it's Jesus speaking to us and we have the choice to follow or not. Day to day. It's not a once-off decision. It's day to day. And later on in John. By this, Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's exactly the same thing. Jesus is saying to the disciples, if you love one another, and if that love is so astoundingly different to the way that love is expressed in the world, the world would look upon you and wonder at the love that you express to one another. And that's an opportunity to reflect God. The world will look upon you and they will know they will see the Father being expressed by the way that you live. So it's about who we are becoming as people. I love that, you know, here we are reading a psalm from you know, Psalm 23 from King David, and yet it's about how we live today. It's about how we make decisions today. It's about how we behave today. It's not just a, a beautiful, comforting psalm, as I think it was Jeff said, often used in funerals to bring comfort. No, this is also a challenge for us today in how we live. So if you were to follow me around at work, you would observe how I behave and, and how I treat clients and, 
even how I record um, what I do, how I treat my supervisor. And what you would actually be seeing is Pauline, the Pauline-ness of my work. You would be seeing Pauline because so much of what I'm doing today in my work is a replica or a reflection or a copy of the things that I learnt when I did my shadow shifts back 10 years ago. I copy so much of what I learnt when I observed her. But if you follow me around in my whole life... That's a terrifying thought. What will you see? I hope that most of the time you will see a reflection of Jesus, that you will see a copy of Jesus. I hope that most of the time what you will see is the heart of the holy God in me, in the way that I behave, in the way that I treat people. It's an ongoing process. What is that saying? I'm, um, I'm a work in progress. I'm... It's happening. It'll happen. So the times when I don't reflect Jesus, I'm, I'm very sorry. So I'm literally doing shadow shifts with Jesus. Every time I open the Bible, every time I pray, every time I have a transforming conversation with a dear friend who I invite to speak into my life and challenge me about the way that I live, I'm literally learning about how Jesus lived so that I might replicate him. It's a shadow shift. And this is the point at which Psalm 23 verse 3 becomes more than just a beautiful promise and a challenge. And it's the challenge that I think we all need to engage deeply. Don't you love how often the word engage comes up? So my question to you is, are you watching, listening, and with the goal of replicating the person of Jesus? Or are you doing church? Are you actively seeking to be more like Jesus and to open your heart and your life before the scriptures and say to God, what do I need to change? Do your decisions, your life choices and who you are becoming reflect Jesus or not? Is there more of Jesus in you today than there was six months ago? The shepherd wants to lead you and guide you, yes, beside nourishing pastures and beside still waters, but he also wants to see that you are changed for his name's sake, to bring glory to him. So one of the things that I like to do is take a verse of scripture and kind of rewrite it. <clears throat> And I'm going to call it the BAD version. So it's Bible according to Diane. So I, this is my version of Psalm 23 verses 1 to 3. <clears throat> the Lord my God, creator and sustainer of this amazing world, who loves and cares for me like a shepherd cares for his sheep, so that I will lack no thing. He finds green pastures for my nourishment. He leads me beside calm waters for my refreshment. He guides me so that I can live in such a way that his nature and his character are revealed in me to the world. And that when people look at me, they see him and his name is glorified. Hallelujah. That would be a prayer. What a great morning prayer that would make. I think I might actually, yeah, that would be a really great thing to read every single morning. We now have the lovely privilege of stopping. There's a verse in, um, in Psalms that says, um, be still and know that I'm God. And if you read it in the message, it actually says, step out of the traffic. 
In other words, step away from your busy life for just a moment. And here we are right now, stepping away from our busy life for just a moment, and we are taking this prayer into communion. I'm going to invite the communion service to bring around the crackers and the juice. If you love the Lord and you've declared that Jesus Christ is your saviour, we really want you to participate with us. As we pause, as we are still in the presence of God in these next few moments, as we step out of the traffic of our busy life, I'm going to lead us through this prayer again, the Bible according to Diane. And I'm going to say it slowly this time. And I'm going to invite you to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Is this something that you want to change about the way that you are or aren't replicating Jesus? About the way that you are or aren't bringing glory to God? About the way that you are or aren't observing the green pastures that God is providing or the still waters that God is providing? As we pray through this verse, remember that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the cup in the presence of the disciples and he said, this is my, this is my blood. I'm going to pour it out for you real soon. He took the bread and he broke it like his bones were going to be broken and he said, this is my body. I will be broken for you. And this is the Lord Jesus that we are wanting to replicate. So let's pause and let's pray. Take the elements when you're ready as I pray these verses for us. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, creator and sustainer of this amazing world, we know that you love us and care for us like a shepherd cares for his sheep. We lack no thing. We thank you. You know how to find and provide us the green pastures for our nourishment. <coughs> You know how to lead us to still waters and invite us to pause and drink and be refreshed. You guide us in such a way that we can replicate you, that we can copy your nature and your character. Lord God, we want to be a reflection of you in this world. We want to show the world who you are by the way we live. We say thank you for your birth, your life, your teaching, your death, your crucifixion and your resurrection. And we say thank you, Lord God, for dying that we might know the Father and that we might be one with the Father. And we surrender all that we are to you. We surrender all that we're not handing over so far to you. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill us afresh. We surrender all to you. <clears throat> 